Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again. So you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and Amy is back with me today. Hey, Amy. Hello. It's so nice to have you happy. here. I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, I love this conversation because I feel like it is important. It was important when I was raising my kids. Uh, apologetics, what does that mean? Or how do kids answer other people when they say, well, why do you believe that? Or or how do you, how do you get your child from maybe rote memorization and saying what their mom says? or their dad Mm -hmm. says or their preacher says or their Sunday school says to believing it themselves. And Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a step of faith, actually. And it's one they have to take in order for them to have their own relationship with Christ, to have their own journey of faith, so so to speak, Mm -hmm. where they're living it out. And in today's world, that's kind of scary because they are being bombarded, bombarded in ways that, gosh, my kids were never that. You know, know, just our kids today are, are being faced with things that in the past, children didn't have to face. Right. And I feel like they're being rushed through childhood um, and really challenged early, Mm -hmm. very early. So, so yesterday at the end of our program, you talked about that parents shouldn't feel intimidated by the thought of trying to prepare our kids for that because there are tools, Mm -hmm. there are resources that are available. Can you talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about that? Well, um, one thing is just look into it. Just Google. There's plenty of resources that teach apologetics to teens. Um, and then the parent can learn along with the mm-hmm. teen, you know, and, and, and the parent. Yeah. In our times, it was not as I don't want to say not as important, but um, as it is today. But our kids are being raised, like you said, bomb with propaganda um, from the time they're little in their cartoons in the shows they watch and mm-hmm. um, the schools well, it is everywhere it is everywhere and, and one of the things that's so so obvious to me you you could in my day when I was a young mom there were ways you could um, protect your child from certain mm-hmm. things you know there's certain things you didn't like your home mm-hmm. uh, even with TV and that kind of thing but now kids teens today have a mobile device in their hand oh, they right. have incredible technology and and a lot of that is good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I have appreciation for it. But you also have to know and understand the evil therein, so to mm-hmm. speak, the mm-hmm. places it can take them and what they can what they can do to protect themselves from that. But also, if they're not prepared, they will be swayed. Mm-hmm. They will be easily swayed if they don't have roots that go down deep in their mm-hmm. own faith. So as a parent, first of all, pray, pray for right. your children that they can grow that faith, but also be intentional about what mm-hmm. you are, you as a parent are teaching them, uh, what you're feeding them spiritually. Um, and you only have them for a certain time. And mm-hmm. then they're 18 and they're off to, maybe they're off to college where they're really going to get bombarded. Absolutely. Because uh, I'm telling you what. Professors at college, oh my goodness, yeah. they will they will feed them full of some really interesting yeah. things. And I actually think many times the Christian colleges are more dangerous than the public. You know, I just had that thought. Even when I was in college, way back in the dinosaur days, <laughs> I went to a Christian college and 
I had a professor who I remember said that when we get to heaven, we're all going to be 33 years old, like literally told us in class. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, that's really interesting. (laughs) I mean, if I die at 90, I get to go back to 33. Okay. I I can live with that. Or actually I was younger then. So I'm thinking 33, who wants to be old like that? You know, uh, but his interpretation was that we were all going to be transformed and be like Jesus. And he was 33 when he died. So we're all going to be 33. Now, I'm not even going to the theology of that or or (laughs) any of that. I'm just going to say people say and teach things that are that's not written in the Bible anywhere mm-hmm. that I can mm-hmm. see. That's his mm-hmm. interpretation of it, which great. He's reading it and he's interpreting it. Hallelujah. But people interpret it different ways. So you need to, you need to know, you need to know as a, as a parent, you also need to teach your child to know how to go back to scripture and say, hmm, does it really say that in right. scripture? I mean, regardless of who's saying it, a professor, a friend, right. uh, the TV, the pastor behind the pulpit, a Sunday school teacher, right. it, it regardless of who is saying it, they need to know how to go back and and prove it for themselves, you know, test it and prove it for themselves. Yeah. And not only that, Christian schools can cause you to not even believe the Bible is the word of God. I've been shocked seeing kids come away from Christian schools with a less of a faith in scripture as authoritative, less of a faith in scripture, a very loose view of scripture is not the word of God or, or, um, it's just shocking to me because going to a public school, you're prepared to have to defend your say your faith going to a Christian school. You don't think you're going to have to. And, and, and these kids, you do trust, you esteem the professor. They're so knowledgeable and they're Christians or either the Christians are claimed to be Christians, but yet teaching questioning scripture period. And so, um, yeah, my own experience, I see so many people coming from the Christian colleges that, um, not only doubt scripture, but then a road to doubting their faith, period. You know, this really just highlights what we've been saying about preparing your children uh, as they become young adults in high school and mm-hmm. then then into going into college, that they have a solid uh, faith-based knowledge of why they believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. And, and also maybe the tools of knowing where to go to find the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that's, that's the word of God, obviously. I think you have to teach them to pray and ask God to show them. And I think you have to teach them to look for wise, spiritually discerning adults mm-hmm. and have them in their life as they're growing up mm-hmm. and have the, the, the input of that, shall I say. Mm-hmm. I, I like to say our, our kids were raised in a very small uh, country church and there were several people, I mean, the whole church as a whole, it really helped raise our kids, but, Mm -hmm. but the impact and the influence of those older adults around them, they were not only hearing that from mom and dad, who, Mm -hmm. of course, they're going to say that because dad's the preacher, mom, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, mom's a Sunday school teacher. They're telling me that Mm -hmm. they're telling me that at home, they need other voices in their life that are, that are saying it, probably saying the same thing, but they're hearing it in a different way because it's not mom and dad. Right. That, that's very, very powerful. Absolutely. And then another thing just um, to equip them with is, is answers to the reason, the, the questions the world mm-hmm. are throwing at them, yeah. you know, when they go to college, they're going to see those. And so yeah. giving them tools or actually just looking at other people's answering ways they answer those difficult questions. One thing, go ahead. I was just going to say, and how about this? Letting them ask the questions in the home. Yes. And so then. parents don't want to hear the question. They right. don't want to hear the doubt. They don't want to let their kid. That's the best place for it. Yes. Listeners, if you've got kids in your home, that's the best place for them yeah. to struggle and wrestle yeah. and you just you let them you yeah. give them a safe place to do that and allow them to do that in a wonderful uh 
safe environment. Yes. yes. Where you're steadfast, you're yeah. y- you're steady. Yeah. And they can be as rocky as they want to be, and they can beat against you as much as they yeah. want to beat against you. You're firm, but they. Yeah. I mean, as they wrestle with that, if they've got that yeah. kind of place, yeah. I guarantee you that is to me. That's the whole proverbs: train up a child in the way he should go. Yeah. It's allowing them to struggle with doubts, with questions, with their faith, yeah. and and making decisions in the home where you're there to help them because someday they're not going to mm-hmm. be in the home. And mm-hmm. then what do they have? Who yeah. are the counselors then? Where do they turn to then? Yeah, I love that. Creating a safe environment for them to question while they're at home. And and then there, there's, the, there's the room where the transparency comes in. Like, being honest. You know what? That is a great question. Let's look into that. And then the parent and the child can research it or, or look up people like Ravi Zacharias or Sean McDowell. You know, there's so many, um, YouTube videos or podcasts that help answer those difficult questions that, you know, they're going to, um, walk, you know, walk into as they enter the real world. And honestly, that they've been, like you said, bombarded with the secular worldview. They've seen that in their cartoons. They've seen that in commercials. They've seen that in shows. It is, it is, at them left and right. And then the Christian worldview, um, not so much. And actually a lot of what, what they're seeing is not only, um, a secular worldview, but anti-Christian worldview. One thing I did, um, uh, because I was thinking about these things while my boys were in high school. One thing I did is I am not a homeschooler. I did not homeschool my children, but I went to a homeschooling convention when they were in high school just to better equip myself to answer those difficult questions. Because in homeschooling at the conventions, a lot of the material and the guest speakers talk about apologetics. Oh, wow. And so actually it was a cheap way to hear a lot of these um, speakers speak. They traveled in. The one I went to was in Columbus and they traveled from California. And um, and so I got to hear really good um speakers, um, give examples of how to teach teenagers, um, these things and equip them for these difficult questions or difficult, um, yeah, questions that the world can throw at them. One thing too, one thing when I was there, um, they really promoted, um, a ministry called Summit Ministries. And so then it was kind of pricey. I think it was a couple thousand back then. Um, but it's 10 days. And so I found creative ways to raise the money and send, um, my youngest to that. And it was phenomenal and building up his faith. Um, their, their tagline or, um, the ministry, what they say is training your student to love the gospel and stand for truth. Mm. And one thing, um, Timothy, um, he's my youngest son. He's the one that went. And not only do you look at the Christian worldview, but you look at other worldviews. You mm-hmm. look at what the world's throwing in. You look at other religions. Um, it's kind of like a philosophy. There was actually in 10 days, 60 hours of class time, Wow! <laughs> which sounds crazy for teenagers or, um, you know, uh, Timothy, I think was a senior at the time, but they make it so fun too. Yeah. Like you're meeting these kids from all over the nation and, yeah. and there's fun things, fun activities, physical challenges like mountain climbing or just, um, you know, they just, uh, and there's so many great guest speakers, you know, um, actually, yeah, I will plug that summit Min- summit ministries. If you can send your teens, it's awesome. There's one in Co- um, Colorado, Tennessee, mm. California, and kids come from all over the nation. A great, I don't have a list of them now, but, um, people, people that have, um, gone into politics, people that have have gone into all these different professions or, um, one example of a testimony of, um, 
somebody who I respect and esteem is um, Sean McDowell. We talked about him earlier. He's the son of Josh McDowell. Um, he, he was asked, he says Summit for him was a game-changing experience. While on the ra- while this is what he said, while on a radio interview, I was asked if you had just one piece of advice for parents to help their kids hold on to their faith, what would that be? And it's easy. Send your kids to Summit. Mm. Wow, that is, that's incredible. And I'm, I'm going to look that up myself. I have never heard yeah. of it before, but I, I, I love that idea because really what you're doing is giving them information. A lot of yeah. times what we do is we, we withhold information to kids. And when they're younger, absolutely. Yeah. When they're older, give them information and say, you know, this is what, this is what Jesus said. This is, this is what God's word says. Here you go. This is what it looks like in the world. And these mm-hmm. are some of the consequences of that. Or, you know, this, this is the philosophy, philosophy, if you want to say that this, this is the faith of Jesus Christ, one way to heaven. Well, here's what Buddhists think. Here's right. what, you know, just to go, you know, here's what Muslims right. think. And at least enough of it for them to understand the scope of that. Right. And we're, afraid sometimes to give them information, but they're going to get information yeah. and how they get that information can sometimes be slanted in a way that we really don't want them to get because then, then someone else is going to be withholding information about what God's word says, or, right. you know, what faith looks like. So these are great ideas yeah. and uh, wonderful things to look at and resources to look into, to Google that, to look, look for summit, to think about maybe yeah. even locally classes or people yeah. who are teaching studies on that kind of thing. Can I say well, one more thing a great sum about great about Summit too is I said there's all that class time, but it um counts as college credit. Oh wow. It counts as two philosophy credits, I think at many colleges. Wow. Like Cedarville and um, I don't know the list of colleges that take the credits. But you know they're doing the work, they're having right. fun, they're preparing themselves, but they're right. also earning college credit. Earning college credit. Awesome idea. I'm not a very good apologist, if that's the that right is way the to word. say that. Yep. Uh, at least structurally. You know, I've not studied that way, but I, I love this because I, the idea of being prepared is really important to me. And we, we just talked about preparing your kids, but, but honestly, there's, there are questions that can get thrown at you. What are mm-hmm. some of the questions that you've run across or mm-hmm. questions you yourself have prepared to answer? As we talked about the, the scripture verse that says, mm-hmm. always be ready to give an answer. Mm-hmm. One that might feel crazy to us as Christians, um, some people don't even believe that Jesus exists. Years ago, there was, um, I forget who wrote it, but Christ myth theory. And then that kind of went into society and people even wonder and question whether he existed. So that's, you know, the historicity of Jesus. How dependable is that? Did the man Jesus walk the earth? And um, just the fact that um, his, outside of scripture, history, his historians like Josephus and, and there's others and that verify that, yes, he walked the earth. Yes, he existed. Well, it's interesting. Uh, uh, I know that this is done at the, the ARC, you know, the, um, the big ARC that they've built, Creation Museum mm-hmm. and all of that. One of the displays they have is it's, it's a visual of um, historical books or apocryphas that, you know, the people, they go back to the original writings. And mm-hmm. because there's so many of them, you know, that's why we can believe that this historian, what he said is true. And this is right. And they show all these different historians and then they show the Bible and all the background historical. I mean, it, it's overwhelming, like overwhelming right. when you look at it. It's like, it's almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a, a little, you know, piece of sand as yeah. compared to a rock or a boulder. You know, that's that's right. the difference between the two. And when you see it like that, you begin to think, you know what? 
logically, if I'm going to believe that this is true, right? and because these things are there, and we go back to that, then when we look at the Bible and we can go back to this number of uh, manuscripts, manuscripts yeah. and all of that compared stuff, to, compared yeah. to something else. Books that we just take for yes, that as we, truth, you know, po- like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another thing we may be faced with is when people, you know, think that Jesus is just a good teacher, that he's a prophet or a teacher, but not who he says he is, not that he raised from the dead or that he's divine. And you talked about the other, the other day ago, what C.S. Lewis says about that. Jesus is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. He's who he said he was, which is Lord, or he's crazy or miss or out and out, you know. Yeah, biggest con pulling, man in the world. Right, right? biggest con, right. I mean, honestly, right. yeah. 2,000 years later, yeah. uh, he's conned people into believing. Right. You know, so does that make sense that somebody could have right. a con going that long? Yeah. No, it really doesn't yeah. when you look at it like yeah. that. And uh, then one thing that shows that, you know, he is who he said he was, was the fact that he rose from the dead. Yeah. And that is something, I mean, he either did or he didn't. We talked about the historicity of Jesus, that scholars all scholars agree he lived. Actually, you know, I talked about the myth. You know, that's been, when you look up on Wikipedia, basically it says it's unanimous. Scholars believe he existed. Well, okay, we believe he existed. He either rose again or he didn't. And so one thing when they say that, when they say they believe Jesus is just a good teacher, I think of evidences that he rose again. I mean, one of the strongest to me, okay, we know he walked the earth. We know he had 12 disciples. 11 of the 12 were willing to go to their death saying they saw Jesus. I mean, men will die for something they think is true, even though it's not true, men don't die for something they know is a lie. I mean, they said they saw Jesus. He appeared to them and then they, many were tortured and they were killed, would not recant that they saw Jesus. You don't, men don't die for something they know is a lie. So that right there, I think is a good um, evidence, you know, a reasonable argument why Jesus did rise, um, raise from the, rise from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up again, because you've mentioned it so often is C.S. Lewis, mere Christianity, uh, Josh McDowell, evidence that demands a verdict is a great book. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote more evidence that demands a verdict Mm -hmm. and others. Uh, Tim Keller, you've mentioned, uh, and what is the name of his book? Um, a reason, a reason for God, a reason for God. Uh, so these are books I think that would are great resources Mm -hmm. and, and easy to read in the sense that they are, they're very interesting. And if you've got questions or, you know, someone who has questions they they give great logical, I mean, it's just laid out there. When you read it, you look at it, you think, uh, of course that's right. And can I add one more to that list? It's called tactics. Um, I had read tactics and tactics and looked into it. That's actually why I went to that, uh, that convention because I knew that speaker. Um, his name is Greg Kogel. I think that's how you pronounce it. He's from California, but he wrote the book tactics tactics. And that's a great one that can, um, prepare prepare you Mm -hmm. like tactics to handle these questions. And then when Timothy went to that summit conference, I mentioned that was one of the books he bought in the bookstore because he, um, you know, they spoke so highly of it. So that's another one you can add to the list. Yeah, that's a great resource. And and geared, obviously, for high school or college-age kids, mm-hmm. uh, for us as well. Oh, well, yeah, us too. Yeah. Like it, yeah, yeah, it was so good. Yeah, and, and again, having these tools in your toolbox, it doesn't, it's just being, it's the preparedness, mm-hmm. it's the being mm-hmm. ready, it's the thinking it through of what you would say. And I, I just think that that's something that we all should do. And again, we're going to quote scripture. 1 Peter 3.15, always be prepared to give an answer. And again, Amy, you said this goes back to the, the word apologia, mm-hmm. which is, it's an, it's yeah. an argument. It's a... A case, a, a reasonable, case. They also, yes. it's often used in a court courtroom sense. 
Correct. So give setting evidence to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you that you have. Mm -hmm. So being prepared, obviously, is something that God wants us to to do and be. Right. Um, So any of these resources or just having scripture, I, I think sometimes you I think of, you know, trying to make a case for Christ for the for the average person might be seem overwhelming. This is what I always fall back on. I fall back on what I know of the Word of God, Mm -hmm. what I've experienced. And if I trust that the Holy Spirit will bring verses to mind, and I trust that God's Word is going to speak to people's hearts. And I also remember through the course of that, that my job is to love. It's Mm -hmm. not to change their mind. It's not to convince them to trust Christ. I mean, give them opportunity, obviously, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the the end result is not mine. That's God's. Mm -hmm. So knowing those things sort of takes the burden off me to say the right thing or have the right argument or have the not the head knowledge that seems to be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that if you, if you give yourself the resources in the background and and in particular, it's far more important to have the word of God at your readiness Mm -hmm. than other people, uh, just because I believe the word of God is what actually transforms people's lives. So none of that seems too like, oh, scary or overwhelming Mm -hmm. uh, if you take it piece by piece. And then Mm -hmm. just trust that the Holy Spirit will guide you to say what he wants you to say. Right. Absolutely. Um, Nothing takes the place of scripture. Something supernatural happens when we quote scripture to people. Mm. Or, But you see, it also needs to roll off our tongue. It sounds... Like even that word saying quoting scripture at people, you know, as I said, right. that that, that right. would fall on deaf ears. You know, it needs to be something right. you feel and believe right. and roll off your tongue. I love you're that. You're not quoting at them. I love you're, that. You are. What you're doing right. is sharing something out of your heart, something mm-hmm. that God has already spoken to you about. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's where mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit does come in because mm-hmm. he reminds you of, of the word that you've already put within mm-hmm. you. You know, and, hide God's word in your heart. Right. And the reason is... <laughs> So that I might not sin against you and also mm-hmm. that you will be ready to give this answer to people mm-hmm. and you'll give it in a way that is your own unique way right. because you're having a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. Unless you're lecturing before students mm-hmm. or something on that order, you're not, you're not going to give a lecture. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're doing. You're having a conversation mm-hmm. and you're listening and exchanging thoughts and mm-hmm. ideas. And, you know, there are times where it's, it's okay to say, you know, I don't know that. Mm-hmm. But that's really interesting. I think I'll look that up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that out. Maybe, yeah. and if I find anything, I'll, I'll, I'll come right. back and we can look at it together. What do you yeah. think? I mean, and that's all. That's a whole different scenario yeah. than Amy, <laughs> right? <laughs> And I'm glad he brought that up. Nothing replaces scripture. You know, Second Timothy tells us that God's word is living, you know, that it's God breathed and living. And so, like I said, I think there's something supernatural when we use God's words. You know, he it's God does the um, moving of the heart and yeah. changing the heart. Apologetics cannot replace the gospel or God's word. Um, but it is a tool that Peter uses it. Jesus even uses yeah. it reasoning with people and, and definitely Paul. And so it is a tool that, um, to open the heart, to have people, you know, even think where even, um, be open to where the gospel can resonate and take Absolutely. hold. Jesus does the save. I mean, the Holy Spirit does the saving, you know, it's not our arguments. So yeah, can't leave scripture out of it. Or you can have a discussion without bringing up scripture and plant the seed. But, um, but we also need to know the scriptures. We also need to be comfortable yeah. going to the gospel. Absolutely. Jesus says. Cause you have to be steady and firm in your faith. I think mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's, a, that's the only thing you can do. Oh, yeah. You, you can't be steady and firm for somebody else. Yeah. You can't have someone else's faith for them, including your children, which we've yeah. already talked about. But when you have your own and you develop your own and you mm-hmm. make your roots go down deep and you water it with the Word of God, mm-hmm. then th- you are already in preparation. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go further, absolutely, these books mm-hmm. that we've mentioned, uh, and you can look it up online too, uh, there's just so many resources to mm-hmm. us that if you if you want to be further prepared, mm-hmm. then then th- this is awesome. Or if you're having doubts yourself, as we said, mm-hmm. these are resources for you to look at and read and wrestle with mm-hmm. that. Uh, that grows our faith, as you've yeah. said before. You know, Amy, we are at the end of another day, so we're going to have to leave our conversation here, but you will be back tomorrow, correct? Yes. All right. Yes. Awesome. Listeners, we hope you will be back too because you have indeed found a place to belong right here at the table in the Circle of Friends. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit, everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from Modern Farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.